Hello, and welcome back to the NND TBR podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. Thank you for joining me on this episode. We have a special guest speaker on today's episode. But before we get into that, I would like to give the little fun fact news blurb. Did you know this time in history, 10 no, 20 years ago. We're going to start with 20 years ago. Heyman's Curse by Frank Peretti just released. I remember clamoring for this book, and it was one of the few young adult books that I actually read as a, as a young adult. I mean, you know my love of Frank Peretti. So I thought that was a fun tidbit. Also, 20 years ago, Truth Seeker by D. Henderson was released as well. That was the first one that I read in her O'Malley family series. Still gotta be one of my favorites. Backtracking a little bit to catch up, in 2011, so 10 years ago, Waterfall by Lisa T. Berggren was released. So, that was released back in February of 2011, but still, I thought that was such a fun fact. I was definitely playing catch-up when I just read it last year. And also, June of 2011, La- A Lasting Impression by Tamara Alexander was released, the first in that series, where she really um, features the Belmont Mansion, different interesting art. Each one of the books in that series deals with a different form of art all around the Belmont Mansion. And the first one was about art. The second was about horticulture and food. And the third was about music. One of my favorite series from her. So there are your This Time in History segment. And now on to the interview. Okay, so Today, I am really excited to have with me on the podcast, James Rubart. Thank, welcome. Thanks for uh, having me. It's good to be here. So um, how many um, books have you actually written? So at this point, I have 10 novels that I've written. Okay. And then um, I'm actually uh, in the process of releasing six more books that I co-wrote. So uh, I guess by the end of the year, I'll be up to 16. Well, that's kind of like a boost year, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that adds to the numbers really quick. <laughs> so what do you um, like about being an author? Oh, my gosh. Such a great question. Um, there are a number of things that stand out. I guess the first thing is, honestly, when I first got into the writing world, people told me, oh, you're going to end up with some of your closest friends in this industry. And it's like, no, I'm not. I've got a lot of friends. A lot of friends at home, that's not going to happen. And it absolutely did happen. And now some of my very closest friends are people in the industry. And, and mm-hmm. in, in kind of a cool, unexpected way, uh, a couple of friends who were like my fave authors have ended up becoming really close friends. So that's, that it, that's an unexpected bonus. Um, the other thing is when you get these emails from people all over the world saying that, you know, you've touched their lives. That's, I, you just can't imagine. Uh, I just did not imagine the feeling that would come with that. It's just so gratifying. This friend of mine uh, emailed me the other day and she's holding up a copy of my book in Turkey and just saying, Hey, you know, people in Turkey are just loving this book. And it's just like, you can't even imagine that. So that's a thrill when something you've done, you know, in your little corner of the world reaches 
other corners. It's it's pretty gratifying. That is, and it's amazing how um, the books are reaching internationally. Like it's like, I guess we kind of think of it just in our country, but it's like right. just yeah, to see it in Turkey, that's awesome. Which one was was it translated into? Yeah, it's translated into <laughs> into Turkey. And, and Nicole, this is the crazy part. I didn't even know that the book had been translated into Turkey. And, and she's holding up this book, you know, and it yeah, so it was it was, it was pretty cool. Oh, that, that must that must have been a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good surprise. So what do you wish? Um, now that you've been an author for a while, what do you wish that you could go back and tell your earlier writing self? I probably would have told my earlier writing self, get a really good pair of running shoes, I put them on, lace them up tight, and then run in the opposite direction <laughs> as fast as you can. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, the writing world... <laughs> The writing world definitely is, uh, there are definitely ups and downs and, and a lot of downs, a lot of rejection, and it, it's a hard path in some way, but it, it is so incredibly gratifying in other ways. And I, I guess the things I would probably would say is <clears throat> believe in yourself, yeah. really believe in yourself that you have been called to do this. You've been destined to do this. You've been gifted to do it. So believe in that and step into that with full confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I probably would have said that. I probably would have... I'm not sure if I would would tell myself this or not, because I needed to learn this along the way. But when God really specifically through through my wife actually said, man, you got to start doing this. Um, I really thought it was about the writing. I really thought it was about the writing. I thought it was, you know, I had these dreams to win awards. I had these dreams to become a bestseller. And I thought that, okay, that's, that's the dream, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it has nothing to do with the writing. And what I mean by that is this writing journey has taken me places I never imagined I would have gone and changed me and molded me and shaped me and and filed away at my, you know, my rough spots. And it has turned me into a man I am so proud of being. And I guess I tell my younger self, don't worry so much about the writing, worry about who it is shaping you to be. So. Mm. Oh, I think that's sound advice for any career, right? Like, yeah, exactly. So if you're a chef, it's not about the cooking. It's about the person you are becoming through that experience. If you're a travel guide, if you're a teacher, if you're whatever you are, it's about mm-hmm. God is using those things, those circumstances, be it cooking or travel guide or teacher or athlete, whatever it is, using those circumstances to shape and mold you into more like his son. And, and once I really embrace that, wow. Uh, yeah, powerful things. That that is awesome. I love it that we can anybody can take that. That is really um, fun. So, okay, this 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 is a little bit of a different question. How do you feel like? Um, I mean, in Christian fiction, too, especially, there's like little niches of what <laughs> is you know popular. What's what's selling? What do, would you tell those authors that are in? those things that aren't the super popular topics to write about? Okay, this is another great question because, and I'm a marketing guy, right? I teach, Taylor and I have this Rubart Writing Academy and we teach our students marketing and a friend of mine and I have this course, Book Launch Blueprint, where we teach people how to launch their books. And so it's all about marketing. It's all about the target reader. And yet I'm going to contradict that, right? So it's like, okay, write your fiction. So for this target, figure out who it is, write to the market. Um, But 
I have not done that with my own career. <laughs> In other words, I have written the book that the books that God has put on my heart, and I haven't really thought about genre. I haven't thought about who it's going to reach. It's just the book that I feel the spirit has put on my heart. And I write that. In other words, I guess at the end of my life, I want to go, I wrote the books that God called me to write. I wrote the books of my heart. I wrote the books that just had to come out. Toni Morrison has that famous line where she says, um, if there's a book out there that you want to read and it has not been written, you have to go write it. And that's what I've done with all my novels. I've written the books I wanted to read. And so I realized I could write differently and have higher sales, but that's just not why I'm doing it. At the end of my life, it's not going to be about money or books sold. It's going to be about, you know, writing those books that the spirit put on me. So I guess I would say to those people, you have a choice to make. And I'm not saying either choice is, 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 is right. Both choices can be right. Mm -hmm. But for me, I had to write the books and have to write the books that are the books of my heart. And, and, uh, so that's the, that's the path I chose. That is really cool. Cause I know there's, as a, a reader, who's just kind of learning little bits of what all goes into the marketing and everything. It is, it's a whole side of it that we don't get to see a lot of. So that is a mm -hmm. really interesting insight. So I know um, a lot of your books, um, well, the ones that I've read have, um, very strong suspense thread. What do you feel is a key to writing really great suspense? I, I think when you're writing suspense, you a given is you want to you want you want to take them on a thrill ride, right? It's got to be a roller coaster. Yeah. So so that's kind of a given. But the question is, how do you how do you keep that roller coaster interesting? Um, mm -hmm. And the way I think you do that is you set people up so they think you're going to go left, and then you end up going right. Mm -hmm. And 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 so when you do that. Um, people are surprised. People are okay. I got to keep going. I got to keep guessing. And you want you want people you want readers to guess. You want them to almost figure it out and then not. And then you want to put foreshadowing into your stories way beforehand so that they can think back. Oh, that's right. I saw that. And so that's some of the playful things you do to keep the suspense going. And I even have done things in my novels where I've put a major, major clue way early in the book, but I've put it so early that it goes right over people's heads. Yeah, can <laughs> so, you forget? Yeah, you forget. And just my own little Easter egg or my own little inside joke, um, just just being playful. But yeah, that's I think that that's what I think you have to do, or I, what I try to do. No, that that is really fun, and that is true. It's like when you get into it, then you're like halfway through the book, these little pieces fall into place. That is so yeah. fun to find as a reader. Yeah. So what book was the most challenging for you to write? Um, I would have to say my first book, Rooms, because I, um, you know, like I said, my, my wife was really the one that spurred me through her. The spirit really said, time, it's time to jump into this. And I, I had no idea what I was doing, Nicole. I really didn't. And so, uh, you know, that book took me, gosh, five years to write because I, um, I, I didn't know anything. Um, I ended up the first draft was 148,000 words. I didn't know it was a third too long. I mean, things like that. Right. Um, but it was, it was, it was crafting this book when I did not know what I was doing. The analogy would be if, if you cook your first gourmet meal, you, you, it's so hard because you don't know what goes into it and you got, Oh, that didn't work. I got to start over there. I got to throw this out or I got to do this. And so it was just a lot of trial and error. Um, and it was a lot of rewrites and a lot of drafts. So, yeah, cooking that first gourmet meal was 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 really tough. 
and it's learning really learning the craft too i've heard a lot of other authors say that and it's like finding what works for you so yeah that's yeah cool. very true so how has that been because you've never co-authored a book before have you no no never okay. have so no. this how has the experience of co-writing been versus your solo writing yeah it's um yeah so writing these books with Susie and david it's uh, again <clears throat> go back to what we talked about earlier it's not about the writing <laughs> Right. right. People would say, well, it's about this, the true lies of Rembrandt Stone, this series that you guys are doing. It's like, yeah, yeah, th that's the surface. There's these books. Mm -hmm. But under underneath that is suddenly you have three strong personalities, right? Yeah. And so in that situation, you have to go, uh, you have to put your ego aside. And I remember mm -hmm. when we were brainstorming these books over a long weekend, we're brainstorming these six books together. And you go, I, I want my idea to be used. But if you put your ego away, you go, oh, their idea is better. And you just got to let that go, right? And say yeah. their idea is better. So we're going to go with their idea. So ultimately, what do you learn about a co-author experience? You learn to die to self, right? Mm. Which is what Christ, that's the whole thing is dying to self. And how can I make this other person look better? How can I love this person crazy? How can I do that? That's what ends up being the important part, right? In, in, in 30 years, I'm going to look back and I'm not going to go, oh, well, I got my way here and they got their way here. What I'm going to look back on is, wow, I was shaped into somebody that learned maybe a little bit more how to love. That's right. That's the outcome. So I, I just, Nicole, I just, in my life, at this point in my life, that's what I go into every situation with is what am I going to learn? How am I going to learn to love better in this situation, in these circumstances? There's that verse that says, this is crazy. If you really look at the verse, count it pure joy, pure joy, pure joy. When you, when you not just, <laughs> oh, it's not just count it a good time or count it. It's okay. Count it pure joy when you go through various trials. Right. Mm -hmm. And by trials, we think it's, you know, something huge, but it's just tiny things where your ego you bump up against your own ego and you bump up against your own self. And then you get a chance to die to self mm -hmm. and, and, and love others as you'd want to be loved. And so, yeah, I'm trying in my life and not just, you know, writing with others, but everything in my life, I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. Working on that. So. That was um, something that I really enjoyed the part of uh, the man he never was. Um, and I really love those little, um, those bits and insights I mean it was it was fun how you took like the Dr. Jekyll and Hyde thing but it's like you showed how it's it's those those moment by moment decisions so many times that you're you're formed in those small moments you can't just expect to make the right decision in the big moments it's a lot of little pieces that all make us up so yeah. can I go back just for a second yes you said you're formed in the small moments. You are so right. Mm -hmm. So well said. That's exactly right, Nicole. Formed I remember hearing a, a pastor say, um, like we were talking about like, Dan it was a sermon on like Daniel in the lion's den. And he said, you know, Daniel didn't have the courage to stand before the lions by living a life made up of a lot of compromises. Mm. We don't see his day-to-day <clears throat> -day life that he lived for a long time, but when the, the moment was shining, it was everything that was already in place. So, yeah. Yeah, that is so good. Where was I? 
Okay. <laughs> if you had to live alongside one of your characters, who would you pick and why for like one day? Uh, that's not a fair question because <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> I love them all. It's it, oh, it's interesting because I have a f friend and uh, who's also an author, and uh, this is years ago. And he said to me, it really resonated with me. He essentially said, "Jim, my novels are just my private journals in published form." And I just thought, "Oh my gosh, I get that." So my protagonist—it's me, right? It's me on the page. It's the struggles I happen to be going through at that period of my life, and I bring in other friends and that kind of thing. But for people who know me, it's like you know, I'm just creating fiction out of my own life and and building things around that. And so every one of my characters is a part of me. But but if I had to choose, I I would have to go with Micah Taylor in my first novel, Rooms. Um, because Micah, there's so much of me in Micah, uh, and and being my first novel, I feel, I feel like I just poured everything that I was into that story. And then, honestly, I thought, well, I can't. There's no more novels in me. I did it all in this book, but obviously there there was, as I discovered other aspects of me, and the Lord was taking me through new um, new things into new things. But yeah, I just I I love him. I I, I would just want to be with him because. He's so much more than me. He's so much better than me. He's so much more attuned to the Lord than me. I, I would just want to learn from him. He, he, he inspires me. Well, and that's such a fun way to be able to, you create, you're, you're creating these characters, you know, with your imagination, but it is fun how you can explore and you can learn things from fictional characters. Yeah. And that is awesome. Yeah. Um, so what has been your favorite part of creating the Rembrandt stone? Oh my gosh. I mean, Susie and I, you know, started talking about doing a novel together probably back in 2000, oh gosh, 2012. So it was a long time coming mm -hmm. and probably to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's tied for favorite parts. Um, the first part was with David and Susie and I just brainstorming the book, you know, over, I mean, it was we were we worked crazy amount of hours to get those things out and we had sheets all over my downstairs you know where we were writing and 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 brainstorming the thing out and that was so fun to say what if we did this what if we did this what if we did this and just creating this thing and seeing it come together and then going oh we did this in book five so that means we have to change this in book two and so it was constructing the fun of of working with two brilliant minds um in Susie and David and then putting that all together that was really fun and then the other favorite part is, so we brainstormed the books <clears throat> and, and had them all lined out. And then Susie was the one that actually wrote them. And then David and I edited them, but she's really the one that, 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 you know, filled in the gaps of this, this synopsis, so to speak. And so when she was writing it, she had me in mind because she knew I was going to voice the books. So as she's writing, she's thinking, okay, this is, this is Rembrandt Stone, but this is really Jim saying this and Jim saying this and Jim saying this. And she did just a brilliant job doing that. So for me, I'm, I'm on book four right now doing the audio versions. And I've done a lot of other audio books, but it's always been third person. This is the first time I have been first person. So it's the oh. first time I have been the character. So I am Rembrandt Stone when I'm doing these books. And it's just, oh, <laughs> you it's get just into so character. Fun. I, yes, I get to be the character. I get to be Rembrandt Stone. And that has just been, that has just been a blast. I really love oh. doing that. I mean, and as a reader, I got to tell you, just finishing up, you know, finished up book three, like the day after it hit my inbox and <laughs> wow. just loving that series. I absolutely love it. It's oh, been I'm so glad. 
such a like a wild ride but and and I've been talking with a few other readers and it's just been so great we love what you guys have come up with so. well it's been it's been so fun to work with those two so yeah yeah thank you my seriously my pleasure it's always great having something different I haven't read uh it's almost we were talking it was it's almost like a serial novel I mean it feels like one big story but it's like you get it in little pieces yeah we really we went into it saying this is like we thought of it as a tv episode a tv yeah. show right where there's these six six episodes so <clears throat> yep you're picking yeah. up on that mm -hmm. so what's next for you after this um yeah what's next for me um so right now i've got a voice book four five and six and then um as I mentioned, my son and I have this Rubart Writing Academy where we teach other authors to do what I've done. And so we've got a couple of academies coming up this fall. So I'm preparing for that. And then I'm starting to brew on two things. And one is a new novel from, mm -hmm. from just me that, cause I haven't written anything for just solo for, for a couple of years now. So that's building. And then Nicole, I've got this idea, which I've wanted to do for a long time. And that's a book on father and sons. Um, because I don't think there's a lot of great books out there because a dad doesn't want to study how to be a great dad. No dad wants to do that. But every dad, or at least a lot of dads, want to be a great dad. So how do they do that? So I really want to take my experiences as a dad, talk about some of the things I did that a dad can go out and do with his son mm. just to, to, to form that relationship. And so, so I'm toying with, uh, toying with that. So those are a few of the things I'm, I'm thinking about. How long sometimes does a... Um like a book usually stew in your mind before you, is it different with each one or before you get it down onto paper? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, sometimes it stews for a long time. I, I've got the one I'm work, working on in my head right now has been stewing for a long time. And other times it'll just, boom, it's there. It just mm -hmm. instantly comes and, or at least the big idea, the high concept and mm -hmm. boom, it's just in your head and you can see, starts and the endings almost all laid out so yeah just depends wow different with every kind of creation yep. so what do you enjoy reading your downtime what recharges you um i'm one of those strange people that ever i love reading every, everything uh, everything <laughs> yeah i mean by that i mean i'll i'll read biographies i'll read self-development books i'll read um business books I'll read a lot of fiction, um, mm -hmm. memoirs. I, you know, and, and I'm and I'm the type of person that has I, I have no problem having six or seven books going at the same time. I can I can keep them all straight in my head. And people go, how do you do that? It's just, I don't know, just just the way my I <laughs> do, you have, do you have to have like <clears throat> separate genres going? Oh no, no, I can have no. similar genres going. It yeah, it just I I'm 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 the kind of guy that I have you know, most people have one or two hobbies. I've got like 10 hobbies. Right. And so I guess it's the same when it comes to book, I've got just all these, all these books going all the time. So. Oh, well, I guess that's a good, I think that's a good mind exercise. Yeah. I suppose to be it, able, yeah, to, suppose to, be able to switch, right. Mr. Random. Yeah. Being able to switch. <laughs> this has been really fun. I am really, I really thank you for talking with me. Where can listeners and readers follow you? Where are you most active? What platforms? Yeah, as far as platform I'm most active on, I would say Facebook. 
uh, my, okay. my Facebook page, uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's probably the best place to find me. And then, then I actually, I'm, I'm active on my newsletter. If people want to keep up with me, just go to my website, jameslrubart.com and you can sign up for my newsletter. Cause I really, Nicole, I really feel incredibly blessed where God has taken me with this whole writing thing. And so the newsletter is a way to just, it's mm -hmm. a way to give back. It's a way to encourage people. It's a way to inspire people. If I'd say the one gifting I have in, in relationships, it's encouragement. And I just, I love encouraging people. So. That is awesome. <clears throat> and then uh, the Rubart Writing Academy, rubartwritingacademy.com if people are writers. And then as far as Susie and David and I, it would be rembrandtstone.com. That's our website. And if, if, if you haven't tried the book, you can actually go on there and you can listen to the first chapter. Listen to me read the first chapter for free. So um, just to get a taste of it, all you got to do is go to rembrandtstone.com, put in your email and we'll send you the first chapter. So First chapter, awesome. Yeah, because in my opinion, that is a series not to be missed. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely. definitely not to be missed. Oh. Well, thank you thanks. for talking with me. I really appreciate this. Well, you've got a really good style uh, about you, very conversational and fun. And so I, Thank you again for joining me. Uh, it has been a real pleasure to talk with you and can't wait to see what the future holds. Thank you. Well, again. You're welcome. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, really good to be with you. Okay, awesome. Talk to you next time.